Hello, and welcome to G Talk and All That Jazz. This podcast is really the testimony of a friendship that spans over four decades. A friendship between two black professional men that began in Harlem in the mid-1970s. As young men, both learning from each other on how to navigate the sometimes formidable and unapologetic streets of Harlem, New York. Both here and now, still standing with a wealth of transferable knowledge. As you join G and Jazz on their journey of reflection, listen. Listen closely for the true messages about friendship because their trials and tribulation comes at a cost. G and Jazz will share their thoughts on a variety of topics from love and relationships to family and politics, and of course, friendship again. Welcome to G Talking All That Jazz. Enjoy the journey. Oh, and buckle up. So what's up, Jazz? What's going on, boy? Listen, my friend, nothing has changed. There are wicked people who are trying to get me, so I'm staying close with my weapons to the grindstone. I'm stopping <laughs> them just in case I have to stab them and die hard. Understandable, understandable. So, yo, man, so today, man, we got a, I got a guest on for us, um, Brother Nathaniel Higgins. Yes, yes. You know, so um, he's going to bring us some information on um, talking about building generational wealth, yes. you know, and getting your credit fixed. But before we go forward, man, you know, we got to do our disclaimer, bro. Dong, 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 dong. This is a public service announcement. Announcement. All the stories you're about to hear are all true. All true. Names, places, and events will not be changed. <laughs> if by fact we drop your name in one of these stories. One of these stories. And you, it hurts your itty bitty little feelings. Little feelings. Man, we are Beyonce sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sit down home with us, because we're going to tell it all. We're going to give it all out. And so, G, let me just say this, man. This is a very important podcast, man. Yes. Because this talks about, the, it really talks about the, the wealth gap in this, in this country. I mean, compared to the disparities between uh, people of color, specifically black people, uh, compared to the dominant culture white folks, right? So, on average, a, a white family has approximately $170,000 worth of net worth. Yeah. Right? In terms of wealth compared to only 17000 for black families. So there is, there is something definitely wrong in, in terms of household wealth for black folks. So this show is very, very important now. Yeah, man. And, I, and this is why, you know, I reached out to one of my fraternity brothers, one of my Prince Hall Mason brothers, Mr. Nathaniel Nate Higgins, who is the founder of Superbia Equity Partners. He directs Superbia's investment strategy, firm governance, and investor relationships. Nate is also focused on the development of Superbia's super, super personal and the executive leadership of their private equity funds portfolio of companies. He was born and raised in New York City. Nate attended Frederick Douglass Academy in Harlem, New York, and was a member of the first graduating class. He was also one of the 10 students chosen from hundreds to participate in the entrepreneurial boot camp at Florida A&M University School of Business, where his entrepreneurial spirit began to blossom. In high school, Nate co-founded his first company, Picture That Productions. 
Nate began his professional career at Changing Our World Incorporated as a fundraising consultant, where he helped to raise millions of dollars for organizations such as the Apollo Theater and the National Urban League. While working at Changing Our World, Nate had a burning desire to get involved in education and help the underserved youth. Nate began his career in education working at the Lorraine Monroe Leadership Institute in Harlem, New York, which helped to train and coach school leaders to turn around and lead effective schools for all children. After five years, he founded a turnaround school in Springfield, Massachusetts, and wrote his first book on ways to improve education for male youth, all while working to start and run several companies. Nate has started and helped to start dozens of companies in their verified fields. He has been had a great success in real estate investing, intellectual property, finance, and advertising companies. Drawing from his extensive background, Nate understands the dynamics and required that the desire that they require discipline to operate effectively within a challenging investment environment, while always adhering to a strict set of investment criteria. Nate draws upon his effective relationships to identify and complete deals. Nate's belief in building and helping individuals and communities prosper led him to his current position as founder and CEO of Superbia Equity Partners. Now I know I butchered that the name of the company, Nate. So can you please <laughs> pronounce the name of your company the right way it's supposed to be said? It is Superbia. You, you got it right. Superbia. Oh, look yeah. at that! Not and not being a doctor. Look at that, Z Jazz, and not being a doctor. I got it. <laughs> you just have the title, my friend. You deserve it. <laughs> so listen, Nate, man. While we have you, bro. First of all, man, um, me and Jazz are both um, Harlem, New York guys. You know, we grew up in, in Harlem as well, man. Where did you grow up at? Uh, so uh, my fir the first apartment, so we actually used to be homeless when I was younger, and our first apartment was on 145th Street between 7th and 8th Avenues. But this is like 1990s New Jack City, 145th Street. Yes. So, I, think, I think I still have an ex-girlfriend over there. <laughs> I we know that area well, man. My mom is right now at Esplanade Gardens on 149th and 7th Avenue. So, yeah, we know that area really well, man. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, man. So, so my first question is going to be to you. I'm just going to start right out the gate. Okay. What is your general definition of generational wealth? You know, it's it's very it's simple, right? And and it essentially um, it essentially means um, you know assets for the future generations, right? So it's basically like, what do you have? What are you passing along? for those under you or those that come after you. And um, that's something that, you know, it, it's an easy concept to understand, but it's a hard concept, especially for, you know, people like us growing up in Harlem and our demographic to grasp and, you know, to pass forward, you know, in terms of the actual, um, the wealth for generations. Nice. So, so 
so say someone, okay, coming from very humble beginnings, right? You mentioned mm -hmm. that you were um, homeless at, at, at one point in your life. And just coming yes. from humble beginnings, and all of us coming from, or most of us coming from inner city have those humble beginnings. So mm -hmm. what, what can someone do to start this process of building general, generational wealth um, with very little resources? So here, here's a conversation I have, and it's almost a debate I have with people all the time. We really don't have small amounts of resources. We're, we are the number one spending demographic in the world. We always seem to forget that. You know, we are the number one spending demographic in the world. But as you alluded to earlier, we have the, the least amount of, of assets, right? So we don't quite understand how to um, garner assets with all the money that we have now. You know, I've I've grew up in the hood. I've, I've taught in the hood. I would let schools in the hood. And, you know, the crazy thing about it is I would have kids who have, you know, who I knew parents were poor, but they had better cell phones than me. Right. right? <laughs> I knew I would see kids who, you know, I knew their parents were below the income, you know, level for to be uh, to be middle income. But they would always come to school with the freshest sneakers and the freshest book bags. Right. So we have the money. It's just where we put the money. But I would say, you know. I would say one good way to start, and, and I learned this um, just watching people, you know, when I was in corporate America and even now, um, we got to start with simple things, simple things like a will, the mm. next life insurance, right? I have friends, I have business partners who, you know, who invest in real estate with me and they got all of their money from life insurance, from their uncles and elders passing away. Mm. But we don't we don't think about that. You know, I have a fa I have family members who own a funeral um, home in Harlem, and it seems like every time somebody passed, you know, they get a whole bunch of people coming up to them, like trying to scrap together some money to pay six to eight thousand dollars, you know, to pay for a funeral. And it's like, wait a minute, why? What if we just invested in some, you know, life insurance where people would actually leave people things when they pass? Right. You know, small things, right? So, will I say will I say, um, you know, life insurance? I say um, understanding, you know. The stock market is a tricky thing. You can get into that. But very simple thing is real estate. Own where you live. If, you, if we work to own where we live, we can begin to, you know, have assets that we can pass down to other generations. And you can own collectively. You know, I, initially, you know, I have partners. Even now, even when I first started, you know, we would pool our money together and buy certain things buy a property over here and then leverage that property to get another one, another one, another one. So even with the small amounts of money, if you, if you know, cooperative economics, you know, um, um, understanding that you can't, we have to stop buying on impulse and actually start putting money away to, to think that begin to build assets, then we'll have something to pass down to future generations. Nice. So let me ask this, um, how important is credit in doing that, in building generational wealth and <laughs> buying buildings, how important is that? I, I would say this, the richest person you can think of in the world does not have the amount of money physically that they say they have. They're not liquid that amount of money, right? So how are they worth that amount of money? What do you think they use? They use credit, they use assets, and they, and they say, okay, this is what we can leverage, and this is what you're actually worth. Credit is the beginning, and, and I should have said that, and thank you for leading into that, guy. Credit is the the basis of beginning to now buy and purchase things with money you don't have, but don't buy things, don't buy the, the freshest sneakers and the freshest phones. Use your credit to get the nice homes. Use your credit to start doing things to invest, right? And credit is not that hard to, to actually fix. 
we, we, once you, you know the laws or you have a company know the laws, it's not that difficult to fix. I, I would say, and, and this is why I jumped in the credit repair. I was one of the first companies I, I started um, that Superbi actually started once we, you know, once we became a company because we realized that credit is the basis of money and understanding credit and understanding the principles of credit will allow you to understand and make more money. Nice. Because you know what? You know, when I went to college, man, the first thing they did was give me a credit card, an application for a credit card. Mm-hmm. And we got, we took out student loans, you know, because we needed student loans because my mom worked for the phone company but didn't make enough money to, to pay my way through college, but she made too much, too much money for financial aid. So I had to take out student loans and I had to get credit cards and so on and so forth and whatever and, and uh, you know, to get me going. So what do you say to a young person straight out of college, man? You know, he got, now he has student loans. He has to pay, pay back. He got these credit cards that he took out to help get him through. What do you say to a young person like that? What's the first thing, you know, after they get a job to start working? What do you, what do you say to them? What's the next thing you say to them? I say understand the money that you have. So we, you are right, right? A lot of times we start in debt, especially those of us who go to college and know sort of thing. We start with already behind April. We may owe 80 grand, but we're making 50000 right. right? And that's, that happens to a lot of people. So the first thing you have to understand is mastering the money that you get in. So if you make $50,000 after taxes, if you're lucky, that's what, $32,000, $34,000. Now understand the means you have in which to live and then begin to focus on getting out of some of the debt. Now, you don't have to get out of all of the debt because some debt is good. You know, we use that a lot with Superbia. You know, it's equity, right? So we take people's money and use it and spread it around and we buy things and, and move it that way. But, you know, um, so debt isn't always bad. It's not always bad, but it's understanding how to use that. So you get out of college, you make, you know, you're clearing thirty some thousand dollars a year. Understand that you can't go get that car payment for eight hundred dollars and your apartment for fifteen hundred dollars. Right. You're just working and living your car and, and, and move around every day, right? Understand the means that you have to live. Create the budget. Once you have the budget, you can now say, okay, if I can, if I'm clearing, you know, X number of dollars, this is what I could spend on here, 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 and here. That doesn't necessarily mean you can't, you know find ways to make other means of money, right? Because the budget just allows you to understand the, the scope of what you're working with. And now you know how, how you got to play the game. So what do you have to eat every week? What do you have to, to drive? What do you have to this? And that's where we get, a, we get into trouble a lot. Um, as I said before, we're very impulsive, our demographic and buying things that we can't typically afford. Mm. And that's how we stay in the debt game. We're using debt for bad reasons now as opposed to good. So, so, I think one of the most uncomfortable conversations, at least for me, is to talk about money. Mm-hmm. I think it's very difficult sometimes for folks to talk about money and um, how, um, how to make money work for you. Mm-hmm. What would be, uh, in a sense, like a roadmap? How, if you wanted to kind of paint a roadmap, step one, step two, step three, for someone... Um, to get into a, a, a mindset of, of beginning to build a wealth, what would be a, 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 a sort of like a, a, a way how to navigate this whole, all of these, these terms that you, you're using, terms of equity, terms mm-hmm. of debt. This, this stuff makes most folks feel uncomfortable. What would you think would be like a, a nice step-by-step or a roadmap for someone who is very uncomfortable with talking about money? First thing, we got to stop being uncomfortable talking about money. 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's the one reason. That's the reason why we fail. We don't like to talk about money. We don't like to talk about credit. You know, it's almost like some of our some of us have fear of going to the doctor, right? But you can't be afraid to talk about it. That's the only way you're going to get better at it and better understanding. It. And and once we begin to do that, we'll be fine. We need to, you know, my mother, you know, I, I love her, but she didn't know the, the things about credit and money that I know. So it right. was, oh, credit cards are bad. Money is bad. If you make a certain amount of money, you must be a bad person because you did something to make that. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. No, you know, but we're taught that from the beginning. So those those things kind of stay with us, right? So now we got to work to shift the paradigm. The way you shift the paradigm, start talking about money to yourself, to your friends, to your partner to your kids just talk about money understand what's happening so i would say if you want to if you want a roadmap step one understand your credit score i i send this out to my friends all the time hey know know what your credit is just know where it is know where it stands right because what credit does is it gives you like the principles and the foundation to to live a certain way it's like it shows you how you live if you're drowning in debt you're spending above your means if you're spending just where you are, you understand budget. If you're if you're not spending up, so it, credit kind of shows you who you really are financially. So understand your credit. Get all three of your credit bureau scores, the major three credit bureaus. Get your scores. Look at it. Look who you owe. You know, and you don't have to pay everybody back you owe, guys. That's that's something we could talk about another time. But look mm-hmm. at who you owe. Look how much you owe them. Right. That's first step. Second step. How much money are you getting in? Okay. Now let's now let's have that money conversation. You make X number of dollars a year. What does that equate to a month? What does that equate to a week? Now, once you do that, how much do you need to actually live? One thing that I, um, one thing that I do with people, and, and this is something I, I, I challenge you all to do this, right? Because a lot of times people come and say, I don't have enough money. I don't make enough money. One challenge I give to people, I give them a little pad. If you're coming to me and you want, you want some coaching or something like that, I give you a little pad you buy at the 99 cent store. And I say, write down everything you spend money on for this entire week. And people who say they don't have money will spend $50 a week on coffee. Mm. They will spend $100 a week (laughs) on taxis and Ubers. They Mm. will spend, you know, $150 a week on eating lunch. They will spend, it's so many different things. And I wait, I'm like, but you don't have any money, but look at all of the money you wasted. Now I'm not saying don't, don't live and enjoy your life. I've never said that. You got to enjoy your life. But once you realize what you're spending, you'll now know where to cut and how to maneuver, right? So credit, know how much you take in, know what you're, you're putting out. And then from there, you can begin to say, okay, I have this amount in excess every month, so I can do this. I have this amount in deficit every month, so I got to figure out how to fix the deficit. And those are like just the very easy, simple steps to begin, you know, the money conversation for real. Nice. So, you know, I, 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 know, I know you and I talked offline about this, but, you know, talk to me about your, your, the book you just wrote. You just put out a book. Let's, you know, let's talk about the name of the book. You know, tell everybody uh, the name of your book and tell me, like, the, the general idea on why you put that book together, wrote that book for the people. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm laughing uh, because I've been getting, you know, we're getting some, some pub on the book and it's been kind of good, but it's called Walking Away from Six Figures. And every time somebody asks me about the book, I think about D.L. Hughley. We got him a copy and he read it and he said, I don't know anybody that's going to walk away from six figures. You must be doing well. And I always <laughs> laugh about that. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's not necessarily walking away from the money. It's walking away from a lifestyle so I can get the lifestyle I know I deserve. 
Right. So the book was, you know, I, I was um, at three college degrees, right? I was, I was in education. As you said, I founded a school. I did many things. But none of those degrees, none of that formal schooling ever taught me how to make money. So $124,000, I think, in debt when I was all said and done. I ne- none of it ever taught me how to make money. It taught me how to get a job, to work for somebody, to earn an income but not how to make money. Right. And, you know, one, one day I was, I was getting to the point where I was getting a bit frustrated with just the way life was going. And, and, and this is bad, right? Cause some, it's, it's kind of weird to say I'm getting frustrated. I'm making $110,000 a year, right? Cause some people don't make that, but in a lifetime, you know, and, and, it's, and, it, and it is right. And, and I, I feel weird talking about it sometimes, but I'm sitting there and I'm knowing I deserve more because I'm not really happy with what I'm doing. A lot of people are not happy with what they're doing. But we're taught, nope, you gotta, you gotta keep this. For some reason, we must stay unhappy in life to play the debt game and to just, you know, make money for someone else. Right. And um, I was listening to something uh, by Robert F. Smith, and he was talking about, you know, personal freedom and really living the way you want to live. And I said, you know what, I'm done. And I just decided to pursue entrepreneurship full time, and I went full steam ahead. You know, and and it was, um, I, I walked away. It was one of those things, and and I, and I talk about it in the book, how to walk away, why I walk away. But the book is basically, um, it's 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 for people who want to become entrepreneurs or people who are entrepreneurs. I'm a teacher at heart, so I teach you things that I've learned to be successful, right? And I teach you general practices and things you should and shouldn't do, but not just like theory stuff. Things I actually went through. Like I talk about, you know, how to how to manage your schedule. Schedule is the main reason a lot of people fail with businesses. Right. I talk about, you know, what type of businesses you might want to start. I talk about there's this concept called follow the green and then the dream that I talk about. A lot of people jump out and and, and you know, a guy told me this when I was in search of what should I do and how I should do it. And he said, you know, follow the green first. Following the green means pick something that's going to make you money so that you can have now do the things that you want to do. Then you do the passion projects or you do the things that you might love to do. Right. But. This, if this makes money and you're good at this, go after that business and make money. And then you can live any dream you want to live and, and you know, do those sort of things. And, and I talk about, you know, those just simple concepts like that. But it's really like, hey, here's a manual that if you follow, you shouldn't fail within at least your first or second year of, um, you know, starting to become a, an entrepreneur. Nice. So, so I have a question with that. So do you have to take that leap of faith? Gary and I always talk about... Um, going out on faith and, and, and um, taking that leap and um, having, having that um, in a sense having that um, courage. belief and courage and belief, yeah. within yourself and not only <clears throat> that with, within um, your higher power right? Yep. So yep. Do, do you do you have to have that entrepreneurial spirit to in order for you to um, you said follow the green and, and then follow your dream. But do, mm-hmm. does it take that that risk? And, and and because I think that that's that's the thing most people hold most people back. Is yeah, like, am I going to if I am I going to go out there on faith this way? If I'm going to jump out there, but is yeah. that to, in order to achieve the the dream or the or the green? Mm-hmm. Do you have to take that? Is is a, what, what amount of risk, risk does one right. have to take? <laughs> I will say this, and I'm, I'm gonna give you a story about me. I've always, I've always had a hustle, 
even when I was a assistant principal or principal, I've always had side hustles, real estate, this, that. I've, like I said, it started dozens of companies. Many of them failed because they were side hustles. And I made some money on some of them, but I've never made the amount of money I make now when I said there is no plan B. I'm only going to follow plan A. And it's a weird thing that happens in your brain when you jump out of the window. And I call it mm. jumping out of the window because sometimes you're going to have to, you're going to be like flying, right? And then falling at the same time, right? But, but it's one of those things where when you, when you realize that there is no plan B, when you realize, no, I'm not going to go to work and, and get this check for two weeks for just, you know, getting somebody else richer, something happens inside of you. And a lot of, if you, if you just listen to a lot of, you know, self-made millionaires and billionaires, they talk about this. They talk about how they barely had anything and then boom, right? Because they had the work ethic to just get over the hump. So I tell people, live your truth, live what works for you. But I, I know from my experiences and, I, and from other people's experience that I've studied, once you really say, you know what, I know I deserve one and I'm going for it, you'll be fine, right? And, and I always tell people, listen, you can always go back and get your job again. They're always going to be hiring. If that job don't hire, somebody's going to hire you. So right. if you, if you leave in making a hundred, if you leave in making $60,000 a year, you don't think you get another $60,000 a year job, somebody's going to get your job, you know, because the, the workforce is a real thing, right? So you're going to always be able to go back into it. But there's a very small opportunity for you to really follow your dreams in a lot of, in a lot of instances. And it, it is timing. It is hustle. It is, you know, everything does have to line up. But when you take that leap, when you take the leap and make sure you're ready for it, right? And you, and no matter what, you'll never be ready. That's another thing I talk about. You think you're ready, but you're not going to be ready. But you have to have a couple of things lined up so you don't, you know, you're not sleeping on the street. But once you begin to do that, your brain, and if it's really your desire and will to be successful, will allow you and help you to be successful. Nice. Nice. So, so let me. So, in your book, I read a. Uh, it was a part. I think it was like a five-part thing you had, and one of the things was, if you don't know, shut up. Like, <laughs> what did you mean by that? The five principles. Yes. And, and, what did you mean? And, and be very clear, because someone else, Gary, needs to hear this. So talk about your five principles, and you know, which I know that's included. But talk, you talk about your five principles, and give us um, a, a, your perspective on it. I'm gonna give you a couple of principles. So one, one principle that's 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 really important is I will take ownership. So you have to own everything that happens. You have to own everything that happens, good, bad, and different. Even if you feel somebody did it to you, just own it. Own it that it happened, right? Accept that it happened. Then the, another principle is knowing that you only control how you respond. So mm. you can't control, I, I, you know, I, I was driving home today and if a car smacked me, you know, and God forbid I was good enough to get out, if I went left on that car, you know, it's only how I can, I only can control how I respond to whatever happens to me. That's something we don't often get. A lot of people live in this like, oh, oh, woe is me attitude, right? And then it, and then it hurts them overall because their attitude is, oh, woe is me. Um, I talk about the one you're talking about, um, when you don't know, right? Yeah. Find somebody and shut up and listen. A lot of times we think we know, we want to know, and some things we do know. But when you have an expert in front of you, when you have somebody that has done what you've done in front of you, um, and you want to be where they are, just shut up and listen. 
if you're lucky enough, you know, they will tell you what you need to know. You can ask questions, blah, blah, blah. But don't ever try to out-talk or over-talk the expert that's in front of you because you won't learn. If your mouth is moving, your ears aren't really working, right? That's what they right. tell when you're younger, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's one of those things that I like to tell people, like, hey, you know what? You know, just, just shut up and listen. You'll, you'll, you'll get what you want. Mm. So um, I, one of my last questions is going to be this, uh, Nate. And I want to say, you know, we appreciate you uh, coming on our podcast. But if people want to buy your book, they want to get more information um, about your company, your business, because I know you, you have a credit fixing in business as well. Can you kind of like, you know, give us an advertisement about your book and where to get your book, how to get your book, and also um, maybe your, your website or how to get in contact with your company? Yes, yes. So, um so one company we're actually we're branching off and we're going full steam ahead with this now. It's called the Higgins Academy, and what we're doing is we're training people to be entrepreneurs. So I'm taking all my years of experience of teaching and, and training teachers and training kids to train adults now to follow their dreams to become entrepreneurs. Um, so the HigginsAcademy.com, you guys can check that out. Um, you can also give us a call eight five five seven one two Guru. That's G U R U. And, you know, somebody on the team will definitely be able to help you out and um, point you in the right direction. Um, the book will be on that website, but you can call and get the book. But if you, um, um, Alchemist Book Publishing, like the book Alchemist, so Alchemist Book Publishing, publish that book. So if you go to alchemistbookpublishing.com, you'll be able to get uh, Walking Away. Um, I think there's an option there for autograph copy as well, so you can order that. I mean, it's a very short read. I, I'm not... I'm I'm actually more long with it right now on a Zoom call than I normally am in real life. Nah, this so is I, good I'm information. Directed to the point, right? So the book is directed to the point, as you said, you read it. It's like just quick hitters, like, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this, you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, guys, you can you can reach out that way. I mean, Instagram, um, uh, Guru Nate Higgins is one, um, and you know you'll learn about you know our, um, we have everything on there from our um, our credit repair company and DH Group. LLC and um, you know and you can just learn and guys if you want to be entrepreneurs hit us up the Higgins Academy we will train you we will coach you we love to be able to do it to um, help people you know start to realize their dreams thank you Nate so listen man I want to once again on behalf of G Talk and all that jazz I want to thank my brother Nate Higgins of Voyage number one, Prince Saul Mason, extraordinaire, good brother, you know, for coming on the show. And and here's what's very significant about this show. And as Nate stated, we we thought, you know, you know, we we're having some powerful speakers and guests on our show. We this this can be a two to three hour podcast. Easy. But I'll tell you why this is so important is that for people who are very uncomfortable with we're talking about money, money. And even if you look at our people in general, we have been left in the dust when it comes to financial wealth. And we have to um, establish a baseline, a starting point for our current time and really for the next generation. Yes. So we, have to, we have to change the way or unlearn some principles that we never learned. And we have to change the way we think, especially in this capitalist society. We have to change the narrative and we have to begin to pivot. And as Nate stated, we have more economic power than we realize. 
And so this is very important, Nate. And like Gary said, I'm, I'm so happy that, that you were uh, here with us today um, and to share your expertise with, with us. Um, we will soon have a website where we can um, definitely premiere our guest speakers and how you can reach them and, and contact them. But you can always reach um, G and I, G and Jazz at gmail.com. One word, G and Jazz at gmail.com if you want to follow up with our, our speakers. So listen, everybody, thank you for joining G, talking all that jazz. I'm G. And I'm Jazz. And we're out. Peace.